to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. heard that testimony thousands of times, and yet it still impacts me, because I live with the one that went through it, and because my wife and I come from totally different worlds, I grew up in Southern California, and she grew up in the island of Tonga, and I found out in our culture that Usually sometimes when someone goes through an abusive situation like that, their whole life is a series of abuse. But we've been married 27 years. And I can tell you, there's no sign of that abuse. You know why? Because of the power of God. My uh, my father-in-law, when he got saved after that, when we come and visit, he would always sit us both down to ask us what we were preaching about, what, what God was saying. And now he graduated and he's with Jesus in the kingdom. He passed away two years ago. Interesting thing, the night that he passed away, we were in a, in a revival meeting in Idaho, and my wife got a bunch, about, a bunch of calls. She knew he had been ill. He was 84 years old at this time, and he had been ill, and she, she looked at her phone, and she had 11 missed calls. Well, she went in to the bathroom to retrieve the calls, and yes... Her dad had graduated and be on with Jesus. She had to then put the phone down and get up and dance in front of the whole congregation. Let me tell you. Discipleship. If you want to be my disciple... <laughs> You must leave your father, mother, sister, brother for my sake. And if you do that, see that I will not bless you in this life and the life to come. Come on, church. Because there is, I was telling my brother the other night, there in relationships, there cannot be anything. Jesus has to stand in the middle of every relationship. Because if he doesn't, then I've made that relationship an idol. And what gave my wife the strength, and she loved her father very dearly, but what gave her the strength is there was a, there was a relationship more important than other relationship. And when she said, because I know this, my wife loved Jesus more than she loves me. And I am not jealous. You know what I'm saying? Because you know why? Because she can, because she loves Jesus, she's in, she's empowered to love me correctly. I have a few minutes because uh, of time, and I, I, I'm so glad my wife shared this. But I want you to turn in your Bibles, and just real quickly, I've got about 15 minutes. I'm going to share an interesting text. I was, I, I was studying all day, and I, I decided I'm going to switch my message. I want you to turn with me to the book of John. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. I, I, I'm going to make this statement. Now, when I make this statement, if I would have capsulized the Bible, I'd have to say this statement capsulized the entire Bible. Just one statement. This is what Jesus said. John 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew... That the time had come for him to leave this world and go to his father. And I'm going to turn to the New King James because I like the New King James. Will you give me a minute? 
Just give me a minute. And I'll turn right to New King James. Now before the feast for the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Everybody say, he loved them to the end. Turn to your neighbor and say, he loved them to the end. Church, if I have one word that we need to get down deep in our spirit tonight is that God loves us till the end. He's talking about a group of people. He's talking about these men that were completely dysfunctional. These guys were, I mean, I mean, one of them, one of them says, oh God, I'll, I will, I will go to the cross for you. I, I will die for you. I will do anything for you. His name is Peter. I will do whatever I can. And then the next moment, a little 12 year old girl is telling him, aren't you one of his father? I don't know the man. Are you hearing me? I don't know the guy. And, and, and here is Peter. This man so powerful that walked on water and, and, and saw the exploits of Jesus. And usually if you're, and this is what's very interesting about Peter. Talk about some issues. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Peter's the only disciple carrying a sword. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine if your associate pastor is packing? <laughs> oh, come on. Can, can you imagine this? The, the, the Jesus ministry, his associate pastor, Peter, is carrying a sword. Because you may not get hands laid on you that particular night. And then they're, they're coming to arrest. They're coming to arrest Jesus. And, and Peter, in his zeal, pulls out his sword and whacks the servant's ear off. Oh, Jesus. Now, can you imagine if that happened? Man comes to church and loses ear. <laughs> Associate pastor of KC Alaska. Come on. <laughs> Whack. If he were alive today, that's the last time you're in ministry. Because we can't find anything in our bylaws about ears being cut off. <laughs> You're done. You're done, Peter. You are done, man. You are never going to preach. You're never going to be used by God. You're that because you must have an anger problem. You're going to have to go through 12 weeks of anger management, and then we might let you become an usher. Oh, we might. Oh, come on. Because anybody that cuts ears off, taking anger to a whole nother level. You know, I love the way that Jesus diffuses serious problems. 
I love the way in Scripture that Jesus diffuses the most terrible problem someone could do. He diffuses the whole situation. What we would make a big deal about, Jesus minimizes. And he walks up and says, Peter, put your sword away. <laughs> no, you're, no, we're not taking you to court. We're not suing you. We're not doing that. Put your sword away. Because he knew how to replace ears. <laughs> Oh, oh, God. Because I've always thought this, that maybe the man's ear needed to be chopped off. Because maybe the ear, that when it came to God, couldn't hear correctly. Oh, come on. Because God can, oh, oh, are are you hearing me? Because God can take your mistake, oh, come on, and perform a miracle out of your mistake and your mess. Maybe that ear was dysfunctional and couldn't work, couldn't hear, couldn't even operate. So God took, got Peter, used Peter's anger to cut it off and, and change them both. Oh, Jesus. Of course, Jesus puts his hand on that Malchus, the servant, and bam, brand new ear. Oh, man. But if you were alive today, how could we love somebody like that? That cuts your off. Because what's going to happen next week? <laughs> he might start, we don't, we don't know what else is he's going to cut off. <laughs> but he loved them to the end. Why did he love them? Because, see, they started off cutting ears off. But when he got done to them, they weren't cutting ears. They were cutting hearts. They were pricking hearts by the word that he gave them. And it's interesting that, that you know, we, we, in John 21... You know, after Peter goes on his little escape episode, trying to get away from it all, catches this big catch, and Jesus waiting for him at breakfast, not to discuss his denial. Not to discuss the ear issue. Not to discuss his pride or his arrogance. But to discuss something more and pride, arrogance, the ear to discuss his love issue. Discuss a love issue. Because the reality of the fact is that all issues revolve around one subject, and it's a love issue. And he says, Do you love me? More than these. Now, church, that word, when Jesus says that word, do you love me, he uses the word agape. When Peter responds back to Jesus, he uses a different word, the word philo. Basically, Jesus says, do you agape me? And, and Peter says, no, I don't agape you. I only philo you. I don't, I, I can't love you like that. I can only love you as a friend. Again, do you agape me, Peter? And Peter responds back. I only follow, philo you, Jesus. I only can love you as a friend. But then, the third time, Jesus doesn't use the word agape. 
Jesus uses the word philo. Go and read it. He says, do you philo me, Peter? You know why? Because you know what Jesus does when he loves people to the end? He'll come to the level. Oh, church. He'll come down to the level of where people are to bring them up to the level that they should be. Aren't you thankful tonight that God came down to yours and my level at where we were in our weakness and in our mistakes, not to leave us in Philo, but to bring us up to a place where we could agape Him. I know you're not capable right now, Peter, to agape me. But by the time I get done with you, oh, come on, church, by the time I anoint your shadow, by the time, at the end of your life, are you hearing what I'm saying? You're looking at your love, but I'm going to do something in you, Peter. Oh, come on, church. If that becomes a reality to us, that's loving to the end. There were two men on the road to Emmaus. Emmaus is seven miles from Jerusalem. If you walk between 20 and 30 minutes, you can do the math. That takes two and a half to three and a half hours of going in the wrong direction. Going in the wrong direction. You know why? Because they saw Jesus as a Messiah that would, that would overthrow the Roman government and put Israel back in its glory former days when David and Solomon were king and, and Israel was a leading world power. That's how they saw the Messiah. Even though they saw his miracles, they heard him preach, it did not see, sink in to them. So, the, so now that he had died... They decided the best thing to do was leave our purposes because their whole world had been shattered. They had just followed him for three years, three and a half years, and now they said, no, we're going to go in the wrong direction now. We're going to go away from what is happening. And now that they've heard that a woman said he's alive, they can't fathom that because it doesn't line up with their tradition. Of what a Messiah should look like. Jesus said these words. That you know what? You deny the Lord for the sake of your tradition. You know what traditions are? Traditions are inherent patterns of thinking. It's the inherent, it's the patterns of thinking that causes people to go in wrong directions. See, my wife's testimony, she decided I'm not going to have the same pattern of thinking as everybody else. I am going in the right direction. And by going in the right direction, salvation was brought to her household. Oh, church. But again, she loved them to the end. He, Jesus, loved them to the end. They're walking the wrong way. And the resurrected Lord descends upon that pathway. And he begins to talk to them. Because, see, they saw signs and wonders. But even some people can see signs and wonders but lose their sense of destiny. I don't want you to see miracles and lose your sense of destiny. And the whole nation saw miracles but lost their sense of destiny. That shouldn't happen to us. And he understood. He understood what they needed was not more miracles. What they needed was the word to be injected into the spirit. And he began to preach the word to them. He began to communicate the Word of God. And the Word says that He explained the Scriptures starting with Moses and the prophet. Everything concerning Himself. Can you imagine that sermon? 
Can you imagine being in that being, hearing that preaching right there? As the word is going on the inside of you. That everything regarding God is being spoken to you. And it's being fed inside of them. And they are amazed at this. And and I'm going fast forward. And they draw him and they say, "Well, well, here's the house. Let's stop and eat. You see, sometimes when you're going in the wrong direction, when God shows up, you can't recognize it. can recognize it. The words preach with fire, but they still can't recognize it. Him. Because their, their mind is set on their tradition. They're set to go to Emmaus. He invites them in. And he sits down. They still don't know it's God. But then they break bread. Because the reality is I recognize Jesus when the bread goes in me. And when the bread went in them, oh, come on. All of a sudden, their eyes were open because the bread went in them. See, because sometimes you come here, you get the bread. Your pastor, I know, preaches the bread. But let me just tell you, all the bread can be is nice bread unless it goes in you. Because the bread is not designed to keep you blind. It's to open your eyes. In other words, that bread became the revelation. Oh, the Lord. And once they saw the Lord, He disappeared. Now, they've been walking seven miles. That's a long ways to walk. And I, it's my favorite scripture, one of my favorite scriptures in the Word of God. And it says in Luke 24, 32, Did not our hearts burn within us when He explained the scriptures to us? See, church, something happens to me when my heart is burning. When my heart is burning, I may be going in the wrong direction of my life, but all of a sudden something happens on the inside. I may have walked seven miles out of my way, but all of a sudden there's a turnaround. Everybody say a turnaround. There's a turnaround. I forget how long I walked. And all of a sudden, it said they ran back. Oh, church, when your heart is burning, you'll run back to the place of your destiny. You'll run back to the place of your purpose. When your heart is burning like that, for Him like that, you'll come out. Because you know why? He is alive in you. They came back saying, you know what? He's not a dead God. He's not a God that's going to overthrow the Roman government. He's alive. We have seen Him. He's alive inside of us. And what God's got to do here is He's got to restore the burning heart. Because when we have a burning heart, there's nothing we can't do for God. Tonight, He loved them to the end, not to give you a cold heart. Not to go through an existence of Christianity with nothing and just exist. He he loved you to the end to give you the gift of a burning heart. When your heart burns like that, you'll do a turnaround. You don't care where you came out of. What kind of sin, what kind of darkness, you'll do a turnaround. You'll walk up to people and say, He is alive. How many tonight want a burning heart? How many want a burning heart tonight? A burning heart tonight. Tonight, uh, tonight. I, I know that that we have children. I want to be very sensitive to that. But but you know what? You know, I'm going to have Karen come up here in a moment. But I want to tell you something tonight. There's going to be an impartation tonight. I want to lay hands quickly on everybody. You know why? Because I believe God's going to impart a burning heart to every single one. Because when your heart burns, guess what's going to happen? Revival breaks out. Because you bring it. You bring it. Because He's alive. He's so alive in you. He's so alive in you that you'll walk in the place of your shame. Peter stood up in the place of his shame where he denied Christ. He said, God is alive. Come on. He didn't care about what anybody thought because he knew the fear of man is a snare. And that's what caused him to deny the Lord in the first place. But when God's heart was burning on the inside of him, oh, something happened. 
Give God a praise tonight. Give Him a praise tonight. Let's take a moment and bless the man of God tonight. Amen. Sow seed into the ministry of the Harkies. You need an envelope? Ushers, would you come? Just lift your hand up tonight. Great word. I'll just extend your hands towards the Harkies right now. Lord, thank you so much, God, for our family. Lord, for our dear friends, for our family, God, the Harkies. And Lord, I just we just ask and agree and pray that you would continue to just pour out your spirit in and through them. God is a minister. Father, I pray that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Lord, that you'd continue to move in power with signs and wonders following the preaching of your word. God, use them profoundly. God, even as I sense that first morning, Sunday morning when they were here, you've taken them even to a new level. Lord, bless their family, bless their children, grandchildren, prosper the work of their hands. Lead them and guide them by your spirit. Thank you so much for them. God, we ask that as Brother John goes up to Delta Junction tomorrow night, God, that people would be saved. You'd open up their eyes. Open up the eyes of people tomorrow night, God. Open hearts. Prepare them even now. Draw people in, God. We're asking for a great harvest in Delta Junction. Lord, in Fairbanks, we thank you for what you're going to do. Bless those who give tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. spirit that God wanted me to speak this over you. Found in the book of Habakkuk, the prophet. Unlike unlike the other prophets, they had a certain message regarding the conditions of the nation. The message of Habakkuk was a question. Because he didn't understand all the violence and the injustice that was going on in the land. Why God was allowed. And then to top it off, there was then an economic 
downturn. And he said these words. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. My sister, I believe the Lord wanted me to tell you this. Because you are finding your joy not in the, the, the empty stalls or the fruit on the fig tree, but you're finding your joy in your salvation. And what God is doing, God says He's releasing to you the strategy of increase. That because you have made the determination that, you know what, despite it all, my joy is found not in what I see, but in who I worship. And because of that, the Lord says that I am giving you the new song. I am giving you the new heart. I am giving you a place where you are going to cause other people to get their eyes off the social justice and upon what I am doing upon the earth. And the Lord would say this to you tonight, my daughter. There's a new anointing on you, even right now. A new anointing of rejoicing. And that rejoicing is going to change the atmosphere where you live. And there's something that's happening on the inside of you where that joy is going to emanate out of you. And you people around you are going to experience that because they would think, how can you find joy in anything? But you knew that you couldn't find joy in this earth. You found joy in the person of Jesus Christ. And because you found joy in Him, He is going to bring joy into your situation. Hear the word of the Lord. Father, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Touch her right now in Jesus' name. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I want everyone to stand. I've got to hurry. I want everyone to stand. Everyone in this room. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Before we get into altar ministry, I want to ask you tonight. You may say, hey, I, I heard, heard Meliana's testimony about Christ coming in. That hasn't happened. I only know Him. Word only. But not powers transform my character. not burning for God. It burns for my hobbies. It burns for my stuff. But it doesn't really burn for God. But tonight, tonight I want to come to God. I want to come to Christ. I don't want to live a double life. I don't want to have duplicity. that I'm a believer but I have no hunger for him with heads bowed and people praying if that is you I want you to raise your hand and say preacher that's me let me see your hand young lady I see your hand sir I see your hand sir I see your hand is there anyone else ma'am I see your hand put your hand down is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Yes, sir. I see your hand right there. You can, yes, in the back. I see your hand out there. You can put your hand down. I want everyone to look up here. Those of you that raised your hand, this church wants God's best for you. 
But the Bible says, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the Father in heaven. But if you acknowledge me before man, I will acknowledge you before the Father in heaven. And if you raise your hand, every one of you that raised your hand, I want you to do this. God wants you to do this. To make a public confession of who I belong and who is my Lord. If that's you and you raise your hand, I want you to come step out of your seat. I want you to come stand right here, right now. Don't hesitate. Come forward right now. Come forward right now. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Hallelujah. Congregation, once you stretch forth your hands to these, and you in the front, I'm not asking you to repeat some religious prayer, but we're we're making a public confession right now of who we belong to. You in the front as well, you in the audience, I want you to repeat this after me. Jesus, here I stand in your presence. I've heard your heart. I want what Meliana had. An encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. I want what Peter had. I want what those two disciples had on the road to Emmaus. So right now, God, I give you permission to intercept me on my path of life and turn me around and become alive in me. Jesus, you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for my sins so I could have eternal life. Come into my heart. Become my Lord. Become my Savior. In Jesus' name. Now lift your hands and thank Him right now. Just thank Him right now. Just thank Him right now. If I could get some life group leaders to come and pray for these, I would greatly appreciate it. Church, I just want to tell you something. It's almost 9.20 and we are normally, normally the service ends at 9 o'clock. And I apologize. did my best to try to finish up. But if you feel like you need to slip out and go home, and if you work tomorrow, you have children, school, these kinds of things. I want to let you know that you are free to go and I just would ask that you would reverence the presence of God in this room and that you would quietly make your way out to the foyer. I want to thank you for coming. However, if you do want to stay, if you do want to stay, you are free to stay. We'll be ministering at the altar for the next few moments. Just begin to worship, my friend. Just begin to lift your hands and worship all over this place. Just begin to worship all over this place right now. Just begin to worship God all over this place right now. Just begin to worship Him.
Krishna. You are misjudged and misunderstood. And all the misjudgment and all the misunderstanding. The Lord says, daughter, I want you to hold your head in the place of your brokenness. Because relational conflict is not your fault. It's a product of the God of the sage. But Jesus wanted me to tell you that He's giving you His sword to crush the God of the sage. And you must trust His, his leadership. You must trust His leadership. what the situation changed you must trust his leadership because there's going to be a moment to strike and God doesn't want you to miss the moment to strike because when God strikes he hits its mark when flesh strikes there's casualties when God hits the mark he hits right and God says daughter if you trust me you'll hit the mark you'll crush the Hear the word of the Lord this night. Father, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, touch her right now in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. Fill me up.
of God. There's somebody here tonight. I, I prophesied over somebody, and the Lord just reminded me. There's somebody here tonight. You have you have metal in your body, whether in your back, your knees, some kind of form. I've come up here. God wants to heal you right now. Shabbat here in the front. The power of God is going to come on you. Jesus, I ask you. I ask you. The only way this could be proven was through x-ray. Lord, I ask you that you would put the x-rays out there on the foyer of these. That there was no metal that you replaced it with bone. Come on. I seen you do it, dog. presence right now on you. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. problem with your hearing, ringing in your ear, or slight deafness, I want you to come up here and stand right here. Put your hand on that ear that needs to be healed. pray right now in the name of Jesus. Tonight. Tonight. Open every ear in Jesus' name. All deafness, all slight deafness ringing in the ear or ear trouble, oh God, perform a miracle on these ears tonight. Restore their hearing. 
Restore the hearing to your intentions who would hear clearly all sound. Tone deafness, I command you in the name of Jesus, be healed right now. There it is. There it is. Lift your hands and thank Him. Lift your hands and thank Him. Lift your hands and thank Him right now. Lift your hands and thank Him right now. Thank Him for His healing right now upon you. Begin to thank Him right now. Begin to thank Him right now. Begin to thank Him right now. Oh God, thank You. Thank You. There, there is someone here you have a problem with your breathing and allergies. Jesus wants to heal you. Where are you? Let me see your hand. Allergies. I don't like allergies and neither does Jesus. <laughs> Come stand right here. The only thing you want to be allergic to is the devil and sin. <laughs> You're up here for everything. Praise Jesus. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands right now. God, right now in the name of Jesus, I, I ask you that you heal every allergy right now. Any, any problem with breathing, lungs, right now, sinuses, heal it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name! In Jesus' name! In Jesus' name! You have to go! Now, you in the front, take a deep breath right now. Take a deep breath. And breathe in the atmosphere of the presence of God. There it is. He's touching you. Ma'am, the Lord just wants me to tell you this. I see that you are missing somebody very close to you. And the Lord says to you that He's going to allow you to have quality time. And that time is going to be of eternal benefit. He is going to make a way 